There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxit. Hello, welcome to another episode of As Told by Nomads. Today's episode is going to be a little different. In fact, this will be the first of many segments with Andy Malinsky. Andy Malinsky, you ask, who is Andy Malinsky? Well, he's episode number 77. If you remember, his particular podcast was dealing with how to achieve global dexterity. He wrote an excellent book on global dexterity and basically helps you be comfortable being yourself in different cultures. Now, you know me, you've listened to several episodes, you know my background reflects several cultures and you know that what gets me so excited is understanding how to connect across cultures and that's what I hope to help convey to you all listening. So, me and him were having a phone conversation, I mean, it went a little like this. Uh... The, um, the 10 cultural codes is actually like I've I've already found it to be pretty popular. What it is is it take it takes my um my six dimensions of culture like directness, enthusiasm, formality, ways to understand cultural differences, and I apply them to ten different cultures around the world like China, Korea, Japan, U.S., England, France, Brazil, Mexico, etc. And I sort of give a basic country por- profile of how these countries fall out in terms of directness, enthusiasm, formality, et cetera. I mean, the the reality is is that it's, of course, impossible to characterize a country by each of these dimensions to be perfectly accurate. But I think you can paint it with broad brushstrokes and get a nice feeling for the culture through this lens. And, so- and then I was like, hey, why don't you do a segment on us told by nomads? Basically, we cover one of your 10 countries that you've covered and go through each of them and talk about how they are different on several scales. You have six scales, Andy. You say you've graded those countries on the directness scale, 
on the enthusiasm scale, formality scale, assertiveness scale, self-promotion scale, and personal expressiveness. And Andy was like, yeah, let's do it. So we did it. Now, the first country that we are tackling is China. And throughout the next uh, few weeks, you're going to be getting one country. We cover 10 countries and we're going to do Asia, Europe, the Americas, and I will cover Africa towards the end. But I really, 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 truly hope that you enjoy the episode as much as I did. Let's go. Yeah, so I talk about <clears throat> I talk I talk about um, uh, six different dimensions of the Chinese cultural code, uh, including uh, directness, uh, enthusiasm, uh, assertiveness, uh, self promotion, formality, uh, and personal disclosure, uh, which is the idea that in some cultures people are comfortable sort of disclosing and speaking about themselves more than others. So uh, should we talk about how China falls out on these different uh, dimensions? Yeah, please. So on, direct, yeah, on dire- so on directness, I'd say, generally speaking, Chinese are pretty indirect with their communication style. Um, you know, Chinese uh, tend to hint uh, and have the listener connect the dots instead of communicating the message super directly. Um, of course, it differs if you're a boss and you're giving uh, feedback to a subordinate, let's say, because Chinese culture is also pretty hierarchical traditionally. And so if you're a boss, you're not going to be very indirect if you're giving critique to your subordinate, for instance. So the relationship matters too. And then, of course, it also matters what, what generation you are because young people you know, pe- people are changing. You know, young people in China moving to the United States, moving to Canada for education, coming back. You know, it's. I think ge- there are generational differences too, where where young people are uh, maybe a little bit more direct than 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 their ancestors were, or their 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 parents. So that's how I'd characterize directness. So what's what's the best way to interact with a, with a Chinese person, knowing that there's that direct and indirect relationship? when you see that? Yeah, I think it, it probably depends on, uh, in terms of uh, communicating, you probably, you know, again, the caveat here is that, you know, personality matters too. So you might, you can find Chinese who are very direct, young Chinese especially. But in general, I would say, you know, you 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 probably don't want to be as super direct. You don't want to be German. Uh, you don't want to be Israeli. You don't want to sort of tell it like it is necessarily. I think you probably want to be a little softer in your communication style. And then you also, on, a, on the receiving end, need to, you know, connect the dots a little bit because someone might not tell you, if you're from a more direct culture, they might not speak to you in the way that you're accustomed to, and you might be confused about what they really mean. Oh, hey, it's me again. And the reason why you heard that doorbell besides the fact that it's just a cool sound effect, is that this conversation was recorded over the phone, so sometimes my audible is particularly incoherent. So I will spare you that pain and prompt you with the next question. So I was curious about the best ways to move forward a conversation with Chinese people. And Andy said... I don't know. It's a good question. I think patience is really important, actually, to be honest. I think in China, maintaining social harmony in a group is very important. 
Uh, and I think having patience, uh, especially if you come from a culture like the United States where it's a little bit more, you know, direct and to the point, I think really having patience uh, is is quite important uh, in ultimately in, in being effective communicating with Chinese. And again, I, I have to say that, you know, as I say, there's a caveat here that not everyone's the same. Personalities differ and generations differ. But All right, cool. What about enthusiasm? Where do they fall on the enthusiasm scale? Yeah, I'd say that Chinese, in a, in at least in a business context, now we're not talking sort of like in a, in a family, intimate context, but in sort of a business uh, context, I would say generally speaking, Chinese are not not particularly emotionally expressive. They're not particularly enthusiastic. I, and the reason here, and you'll find this true in other Asian cultures as well, is that whereas in the United States, enthusiasm, I think, is a culturally valued emotion to express. In China, that's not true. And in, in fact, it's the, it's the opposite. It's that modesty and self-control um, and composure that's what's culturally valued. So, you know, um, if you see a photograph uh, of a Chinese, um, you know, famous Chinese singer or something, uh, you'll probably notice a smile, but not a huge toothy grin like you'd see from, you know, an American like Pink or Julia Roberts or something, you know, like these huge smiles, you're just not going to see it. It's it, just because it's it's just a different culture in terms of the expression of emotion and enthusiasm awesome what about the formality aspect where do they rank there formality uh in chinese culture business culture is quite formal uh i would say uh, titles are very important in china if you're the chairman of the company you're referred to as chairman uh, teo if you're the general manager you're referred to as general manager malinsky and so on um you know you you um in, in, in China, you're not you're not calling your boss by their first name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you can't do. No, you can't. I can't say Andy. No, 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 no. Uh, you know, rich the, uh, Chinese business culture is also more ritualistic than than the U.S. Let's say you know, exchanging business cards. We always talk about in China, in Japan, exchanging business cards is very ritualistic. In China as well, there's it's it's a it's it's formally done. Um, business dinners are more formal in China. The way you seat, sit at a table is more formal in China, just like in Japan. Um, you know, the toasting at dinners is quite done in a formal, ritualistic fashion. Uh, toasting each other, the company, the business relationship. There's a real sense of formality and tradition in, in, in Chinese communication. And it's important, I think, to understand that, recognize it, you know, and as an American, to, to, to go with it, appreciate it, respect it. Ah. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting. So, nomads, if you're listening, and I hope that you are, I hope you've made it this far, you generally refer to you know people in China with high level of respect. So, it'll be General Manager Roxon for me, and General Manager Malinsky for Andy here on the phone. No first name basis. So, it wouldn't be anything like, uh, like Drake would say. So, let's go on to assertiveness. Where do you rank them on the assertiveness scale? Yeah, low. Um, but it depends on the nature of the relationship. A, a subordinates, let's say, if you know someone, a subordinate is not expected at all to be assertive with their superior, not at all. Um, but superiors, you know, act fairly assertively with their employees. Their Chinese culture traditionally is more hierarchical than than, than the U.S. Let's say is, is our is our starting point. Um, so, 
you know, and that, that differs by company culture too. So, you know, if you're talking about a state-run Chinese company, it's going to be more traditional. If you're talking about a startup uh, run by a couple of 20-year-olds or 20-somethings who have some maybe education in the United States or in the West or in Singapore, et cetera, it's going to be, it's going to be different. Uh, but we're talking in terms of traditional Chinese culture, uh, pretty unassertive, or at least unassertive visibly. Hmm. That's uh, that's a uh, that's very interesting. I have noticed that I you know I do interact with a lot of younger Chinese entrepreneurs, and they do reflect the more assertive attitude that you're talking about. But I'm sure it's not you know indicative of uh, every other culture in China. But that's you know it's, it's really interesting that you point that out. Well, absolutely. You know, because you think about the Amer- you think about Chinese who, first of all, when when people come here, they might have self-selected, right? They might have decided that they they might have seen a, a fit between the American more assertive culture. Uh, plus, if they're entrepreneurs, they kind of have to be assertive, you know. Or that that's that's like you know survival of the fittest. <laughs> Assertiveness is key as an entrepreneur. So you've got that plus the fact that they maybe came here plus the socialization aspect. So I think there, I think there, there would be a lot of forces pushing young young Chinese entrepreneurs in the United States towards a more assertive style. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, let's go to self promotion. The self promotion aspect. Low. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're saying a lot of low for China. Okay, so low self promotion. Low, definitely low. Uh, it's uh, you know I think I think modesty is is a is a key cultural value in China. Um, again, though, you know some of the young Chinese entrepreneurs that you find might might have learned uh, to to self promote. But you know, in in general, if we're talking broad brush strokes here. Uh, low. Right, right. Personal expressiveness? Yeah, it depends on the relationship, I think. Um, Chinese can be quite guarded and protective with people that they don't know. Uh, it's very rare in China to make small talk with someone you don't know with a stranger. You know, in the United States, you might meet someone at a bus stop or meet a colleague you don't know very well and very quickly talk about very personal information. Uh, <laughs> China, much, much less likely. Um, but uh, when you've sort of forged an, an in-group, a uh, tight, close-knit group of, of you know, close colleagues, families, close friends, it's very different. People, Chinese can be quite forthcoming and personally expressive. This is good. This is good. I'm glad we're doing this. So for those listening, we are doing the 10 cultural codes as told by Andy. Andy has researched 10 countries and broken down how each country acts with you know six criteria. Now we're doing the Asia series. We started off with China. Uh, we're going to continue with Korea, India, and Japan before we go on to other continents next week. I believe will be Korea. So stay tuned. And um, till next week, make sure you continue to use your difference to make a difference. But before you do that, before you do that, well, you can always use your difference to make a difference every time. You got to check out Andy Malinsky. Go to andymalinsky.com. Everything will be in the show notes. And also, be sure to download his ebook if you want to know more about these country uh, codes that he's, um, that he's done. Most of us collaborate with teams across borders and cultures on a regular basis, whether we spend our time in the office or out on the road. And when we do, it's essential to have a quick sense of code of the new culture we're operating in. So, 
Andy has created a quick ebook for us to basically be better about this, and it will be in the show notes, andymalinsky.com. And till next week, I know I said it prematurely before, but make sure you use your difference to make a difference. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.